D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. Happy fall, y'all. We are back with another episode. It's crazy to me that we just started in August. I feel like we've been doing this my whole life. Like, it's just a regular part of the routine I know. It's crazy. But it's a good routine. I love sharing the lunchtime conversations and sharing how we're feeling. So let's kick it off with Sharika today. How are you feeling, friend? What's the temperature? Don't I have to be honest? Or can I just be fake honest? (laughs) No, we keep it real with our... Okay, we keep it real with our people. I'm actually... Just give me 65 today. I mean, I'm a little down, but I'm not down and out. You know, ain't nothing crazy going on. Just like woke up like, uh, with the... I don't feel like it today. I can stay in the bed today kind of vibes. Do you get the fall blues? I don't know, but I think something is just in my little atmosphere today, but I usually don't stay down too long. So probably give me another two hours or so and I'll be right as rain. I need a little more pep in my step. Let me get into this podcast and I'll be ready to go. Right as rain. That's new. I like that. Oh, you haven't heard that? I said it because that's like something I feel like people say, but then I was like, but is rain right? Like, isn't that like kind of (laughs) dreary? As I was saying, I'm like, does that sound negative? For a farmer who needs crops, water for the crop, there that rain is going up right. <laughs> E.B., how are you feeling today? I am feeling great. Hey. Another week, feeling good. Like, come on, it's Saturday. It's Halloween. The heathens <laughs> are out and about. Um, <laughs> Not the and I say the heathens, those who, which we'll talk a little bit more about, but those who see mm-hmm. Halloween differently than I do. Everybody okay. see it differently. I wouldn't say everybody, but some people see see it differently. But I'm feeling good. Like, I'm actually just on the other side of the world right now from y'all, as y'all are living it up in Florida. I'm in mm-hmm. Vegas. I'm ready to celebrate my one-year anniversary. So it's good over here. And I'm enjoying this time of being away. Congratulations on one year coming up. I'm so excited. Got the privilege to be able to celebrate celebrate two of my good friends' weddings with them last year. And so we're happy. Sabrina just passed her one year. He'd be coming up on his one year. And look at God being great. Always. Always. It's great. People told me the first year of marriage was like the hardest or whatever. It's been great, even amongst the pandemic. And I know for Evie and Judith, it's the same. So shout out to just thriving. How you doing, girl? I get the opposite of the fall blues. I love fall. I love autumn. I love the temperature. I love the fashion, although none of that applies in Florida. (laughs) I still have it in my heart. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just on a, I'm having a great morning. Oh, I know exactly what it is. I started working out this weekend. (laughs) That's probably what it is for me. I need to. Like when I am in the, we're not doing anything mode. I'm definitely there. But once I start moving, it's so much better. And just between the surgery, and I can't really blame the surgery because even before that, once I learned to park it on that couch, I had the time. That's what it was. The pandemic gave me the time. For the first time in years, I had time to just sit and binge. And I was like, I can see why people do this. Six hours later, Netflix is like, are you still watching? Yes. Am I still sitting here? Yes. I had to take my Fitbit off because it would be like alerting me like, get up, walk. (laughs) You haven't walked in like four hours. And I was like, that's fine. But I started working out again this weekend and it really does improve your mood and all that. So I don't know, sunny and 75. I think that's a country song and I like it. And that's where I am. It's sunny, 75. I'm so happy to just be alive and be healthy and 
have my job and have my friends and mm-hmm. family and I don't know I'm feeling really really good I um made up fall blues I didn't know if that was a thing it I is. <laughs> no it is no it's, oh, is it? people have seasonal oh. depression especially when they have oh. and that is absolutely a thing I was just saying for me it works oh out. I didn't know I literally just thought I just came up with that this morning oh, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they coined that term fall blues but seasonal depression especially in the cooler months fall and winter it's absolutely a thing the fact that you feel like you just kind of it rolled off the tongue and you said it i would say you declare it because i don't know if it's copyrighted like she just said she don't know if the term is coin but you might can be making some coins on just saying i said it on the podcast and i didn't see it copyrighted anywhere else so this is now my phrase people okay. do have it and then i actually was just reading a study which we'll probably talk about it more next week but not only is the fall or seasonal depression but every four years, therapists see a spike in mm-hmm. clientele mm-hmm. during the election. But we won't dive into that today because we got some yeah. good stuff and some fun memories to dive yeah. into. But before we do that, Sharika got somebody to invite to the table with the squad. Oh, see, and this story right here is what's going to pick my mood up. Because let me tell you about a friend of mine, not in real life, but in my head. Most of these people are my friends in my head because I don't know near nobody. So today I'm going to invite a very special lady. Some people may love her. Some people may hate her. And you may ask, why would we hate this person? She might have killed off a few of your favorite people. Does the name Henry or Denny or Lexi sound familiar to either one of you? Now, what about McDreamy or McSteamy? Does those names sound familiar to you? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I'm talking about my girl, Shonda Rhimes. Okay. She is an American television producer, screenwriter, and author. And she's best known as a showrunner, creator, and head writer, and executive producer of television shows like Grey's Anatomy, which some of those characters were who I named earlier were from that show, which is like her number one show that's going into its 17th season this year, which is crazy because shows don't usually last that long. And she's had spinoff shows like Private Practice as well as Scandal and other shows like Off the Map, How to Get Away with Murder, The Catch, and Station 19. And while she is killing it in the game of television, That's not the only reason why I wanted to invite her to the kickback today. Now you might be wondering, well, does she have a school like LeBron? Has she started a movement like Amber? And to my knowledge, the answer is no. But what I want to talk about today is how our sis stood up for herself and she did not let the people at ABC try to play her. She left them and went to Netflix. Now you might be thinking, well, what was it that these people at ABC did to Shonda that would make her want to leave? Well, it was over two tickets to Disneyland retailing for $154 each. Now some of you might be thinking like, that's so petty. No, it's not because you can't put a price on respect. Thank you. Okay. Yes, exactly. And that's why I love it. You might be thinking two tickets at Disney. Come on, sis. You got to have that money. She does have that money. But guess what? Like Sabrina says, you can't put a price on respect. Let me fill you in a little bit more. You know, I know my little invite usually don't go this long, but I had to do it today. I had to. In 2017, Rhymes asked for additional 
all-inclusive passes to Disneyland as one of her perks for working for the network. So she asked, can I get two more tickets, one for my sister and one for my nanny? Doesn't sound like a big ask to me, especially as I named all those shows she's given ABC and, you know, bringing the people over to ABC on a Thursday night. Ain't nobody was watching TV on a Thursday night before Shonda showed up with Grey's Anatomy. So she asked them for the tickets, receiving some pushback. They were like, we never do this. They repeatedly told her and so Shonda finally got the two extra passes. So she goes up to Disneyland where her people and the two extra passes. They got my sis out here looking crazy because when she goes to use them, them passes don't work. So she proceeds to call the high-ranking executive at the company to figure out what the issue was, but they show no interest in giving the television's most prominent showrunner the access to those passes. So let me tell you what they even said. They said, don't you have enough? So Shonda collected herself hung up the phone, called her lawyer and simply directed them that she was moving to Netflix and she would find new representatives if that couldn't be accomplished. And then inked a $300 million deal at Netflix. So that's why I was like, you know what? People be trying to try you. People try to act like you ain't worth two extra tickets to Disney $154 each. That's EB, you know the math, 300 and whatever it is. You know, I don't be knowing. But all I know is that my sis deserved to ask for two extra tickets and these people was trying her. She said, you know what? I don't need this and I don't need y'all. I'll be taking three mil at Netflix. Adios. And I love it. I laughed and cackled when I heard that story. And I said, yes, indeed. So know your worth, people, but also be willing to back it up and be able to ink a $300 million deal at Netflix. Don't play yourself out here in these streets at these jobs where you think you can tell your supervisor what you ain't, ain't going to do because you might be homeless and without a job. So know your worth, but also check, gotcha, gotta have your facts and stats in, in order so you can be able to walk away with a, a big deal, okay? So, cautionary tale for you people who try to try people. I want to play devil's advocate for a moment and just say, I can kind of see where they're coming from. No disrespect to Shonda, but I'm thinking, okay, and my job, if a big wig comes and we're like, let's say we're going to take the kids to, where do we take the kids every year in the summer? Aquatica. Oh, Aquatica and Universal. Let's say we're going to go to Universal. And sometimes the special guests, we are like, okay, it's them and their wife. And then the day of, they're like, oh, I need three more. It's like, okay, they're the special guests, but we ain't got it like that. Or we already but have- But you it. don't work for Aquatica. This is ABC. <laughs> you are with this. Disney is, a, you're, you're part of the company. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to understand because y'all ain't got the 300 at ABC. Come on now. So me, it's the, and I'm going to say both sides only because most people, when you either, like in this case, right, for her, you had an agreement. Your agreement was we gave you X amount of tickets. So you came and asked for whatever else in in that place, that's up to us to honor that if we choose to. Now, the fact that they gave her tickets that don't work, I feel like if I heard that correctly, I feel like that's yes, a disrespectful that, portion. That is what you are, um, yes. And that's a slap in the face. That's like somebody saying, hey, we got your job and we'll give you a vehicle. But then right when I get on the vehicle, it breaks down on the interstate on me. And it's just like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have gave me a car. I should have just kept my own car if this was going to happen. Now, the mm-hmm. other part of it is, Disney, you could have spent the extra $308 and I mm-hmm. let her walk away and go get $300 million. Yep. That's a big difference. So it's just like, do I take this $308 from this company or do I go take this $300 million from another company? Was I it worth it, it to you, Disney? Was it worth it to you? I mean, they hurting right I, now. <laughs> exactly. I know they hurt. I know, well, let me take it back because I'm sure, I might be wrong, 
but since this happened, because I've seen it trending the other day on Twitter, but I didn't dive into it. But I'm pretty sure in the next couple of days, if not a week, it's going to be some people unemployed. Then. I'm just <laughs> sure. Like, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Just because that's because, a big yes! loss to, to what they do. Like, she literally has held down a lot of their new sitcoms, new shows, and mm-hmm. kept it up to date. And even the longstanding shows of being constantly creative just with screenplay and guests and all of those things so just like somebody's probably sitting there like you are about to lose your job <laughs> you are about to lose your job exactly. <laughs> i get it and i don't get it because i'm like 300 says yeah you got it but it's the principle of it this is like come on you y'all could have gave that 308 dollars be like yeah girl here you go like, come on now, just slide the, the two tickets and just call it a day. Maybe to them it was worth it. Now y'all just gotta eat that she gone to Netflix. I don't know what they were paying her at ABC, but obviously she ain't worried. She already had money like that anyway. And so obviously for her, it wasn't about the money. It was about the principal. Because you know they would have did that for, you know they would have did that for so many other people who weren't even doing half as much for them. That's all right. She's better off. So as EB mentioned, it is Halloween and I was late with my happy Halloween. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about our little Halloween memories and how we celebrated or didn't celebrate. I would say as far as celebrating as a family, no. Mm-hmm. And I know that might sound interesting because I'm saying as a family, absolutely not. As an individual, yes. And when I say mm-hmm. yes for me, I found ways of, I don't want to tell these people this stuff. All right, let me just go ahead and say it. <laughs> they used to be friends of mine. And I say friends because I felt like when you were a kid, not in a bad way, but when you were a kid, it's kind of like everybody was your friend. Like you didn't, mm-hmm. like at least for me, I didn't necessarily have beef growing up with people in elementary yeah. school or whatnot. It's like everybody was like, hey, how you doing? That's my friend. Or And I used to remember hearing my mom and dad say, that's not your friend. Like you don't know. That. What's their last name? I don't know. Well, that's not your friend. You never go into their house and they definitely never come into my house. I didn't have a house. But they played with you so they were your friends. That's the way I felt so some of my friends we would be at a boys and girls club in Warner Haven which is still there and sometimes their outfits would just look a little nice to me and they would have it hanged up in the locker and it would happen to go home with me and there'll be my new outfit because we would have like a little Halloween thing at the boys and girls club or whatnot like a small little hunting house and mm-hmm. trick-or-treat and we just go around the building so I say individually I celebrated it but like if my mom or dad caught wind of what was going on that day those were some of the nights that we got picked up early on those years where like nope y'all not partaking in this type of activity so mm-hmm. I would demo other people how Halloween costumes and then I would go trick-or-treat them here and there on my own or if we walk home with my older siblings we would go to a few houses before we got home and then we had to find ways to how do we hide this candy from our parents did I sell we celebrated we definitely celebrated and like we celebrate as a family like my little pa- like not my little parents my parents and my brother and I, my parents would take us trick-or-treating. We would get our costumes because we lived in Maryland. I, it'd be cold. So you have your costume on, but then you got to put your coat over top. That sucked. But then, so then you get to the house and you'd be like, oh, I'm in this or I'm in that or whatever. We literally just went trick-or-treating, sometimes with friends, sometimes with my cousins, whatever. Nothing crazy. Like, we, they weren't doing no decorations or nothing. Like, I do remember when I was a kid, one of my family members said, not to me, but to the effect of like, oh... Halloween is the devil's day. And my mom, I told my mom, I'm like, mom, so-and-so said Halloween is the devil's day. Is that right? My mom said every day is the Lord's day. And I said, well, well, on that, back to celebrating Halloween. And so I was happy. We were trick-or-treated to our little heart and was content. And of course, my parents checked our candy and took their little taxes and ate what they wanted. And it was a good time. So that is how we 
celebrated Halloween in my household. What about you, Sabrina? My dad also took his taxes, and surprisingly enough, he only accepted chocolate and Snickers. So that was kind of messed up because that was my favorite thing. We always went out when we were kids in our neighborhood, and then mm-hmm. with our friends when we got older, we would go to the quote-unquote rich neighborhoods. Now yep. I'm rocking out, so nobody really is rich, but we would still go over, and I remember the name of the neighborhood, Candlewood, because they had the big candy bars. And then also at school, it was a big deal. And when I was older, sometimes it would coincide with Spirit Week, which was kind of cool. Dressing up and having parties in the classroom. And we had the classic movies we'd watch, like Hocus Pocus Mm -hmm. and Casper and E.T., those sort of things. To the point where, like, one of my punishments, when I I accidentally burnt my house down in sixth grade, and the only punishment was that I could we couldn't go (laughs) trick-or-treating. But I remember just feeling like, how dare they take Halloween from us? Me and my brother, like, no one went. My mom was like, we're not on that. (laughs) Burn the house down. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a story for another day, but wow. You just gonna casually drop it. I thought you guys already knew. But I just know the people don't know. But you know, so it sounds like that's something we're gonna have to dive into another time. Sabrina, I'm sorry. I'm with your mom. We ain't got no house. There ain't no trick-or-treating. So I'm with your mom on that one. Well, we were at my dad. My dad has always had like a one-bedroom apartment because he's a mechanic and that's where he just does his business in the yard of that place, right? It's like his own set, like one bedroom mm-hmm. thing. So we all lived there because my cousin lived with us at the time. So that was kind of scary too. Imagine seven people and Mitchell was just a toddler in a one. When we were young, it was fun. I don't remember it being crazy, but I look back and I'm like, how in the blank did my family do that? Girl, we were sleeping on the couch, one bathroom for a whole year. And, you know, our church came through with furniture and clothing. It was great. It was like a little adventure. <laughs> But that being said, another thing that was cool about Halloween was that my church did always do something. Now, it wasn't called a Halloween. It was called a something else, but we all knew what it was. Yeah, fall festivals or hollow, like Hallelujah-ween or something like that. I don't really remember those as much when I was young, young. Probably like teenagers, they started doing stuff like that at maybe the church. I remember in school, I'm trying to remember what we did in school. Like I, what I do remember about school and Halloween, my mom was a music teacher and in elementary school, I was in her music class some years. And I just remember her like playing these like Halloween songs, like the Monster Mash and all that fun stuff. So I remember those songs and having a little Halloween fun time in there. I didn't really watch scary movies or Halloween movies because I was a scaredy cat and truth be told if you ask my husband I'm still a scaredy cat to this day I don't like scary movies I don't like even Hocus Pocus I can watch it now but as a kid it was too much for me I'm that scaredy of a person I don't like scary movies and the one time I did go to a scary movie it was my first date I was 17 years old and I went on a date with my husband we went to see a scary movie mind you I will say this again I was 17 years all we went to see Freddy versus Jason so you know how old I am I was trying to be brave trying to you know go with this guy so we go on this day I go home tell me why my 17 year old butt was knocking on my brother's door like can I sleep in here I'm scared my little brother I'm knocking on his door telling him can I sleep in here because I'm scared 
work. My brother was like, to my boyfriend at the time, which is not my husband, he was like, don't ever take my sister to see no scary movies. She had this at my door in the middle of the night talking about some, can I sleep in here? So not only did my brother was like, no, you can't. He also ran and told on me to my boyfriend that I'm just trying to get to know and, and be all grown with. He don't play me, so yeah. After that, I was like, you know what? You cute and all, boo, but I will not be going back to no more scary movies. And I'm done with the scary movies. So, EB, was you into the scary movies and Halloween movies and all that? It just depends. So, I, I never really got, I guess, scared of movies. Just because I, I got to a point where, after a while, like, you really had no choice. So, people know that, or at least, I think most of our listeners, but just in case, if we got some new listeners um, today, I'm the last of 13. So I didn't really have a choice of what came on the TV very much. Like, my, mainly my brothers, because my sister them kind of did their own thing. But they're some years older than me, so we didn't have that mm-hmm. much like, bonding time in the house. But the last five of the 13 are all boys. So it's kind of like whatever was on TV is what I had to watch unless I wanted to go sit in a room with no TV. So mm-hmm. I know some of our... Shout out to our, I guess, Gen Z people, our, our lovely people who come after the millennials. Like, I didn't grow up with a TV in my room. That wasn't a thing. It was a TV in the living room. And depending on who was there at the house, they decided what came on that TV at the time. If it was mom and dad who wanted to watch soap operas or news or their favorite shows, that was on that TV. If it was my siblings and they wanted to watch video games, that was on the TV. So late night, we're just up and they would watch it. And I was never was really scared because I didn't see them scared or frightened. Mm. And then you're in a house with a whole bunch of people. Like I know Sabrina said there was like seven of them in a one bedroom, which ours was somewhat similar, but it was like 12 of us in a three bedroom mobile home. Like we stayed in the trailer Mm. and we made it work. Like the older siblings of course had their room. It was kind of like a girl's room, then a guy's room, then whoever stayed in the living room. Cause mom and dad definitely had their room Mm. and you just had to figure it out. And it's like someday they were like, whoever got to the bed first is who got the room because Mom and dad kind of honored that of like, mm-hmm. leave them alone, they sleep. And then there was other times where the older sibling was tapping you and just like, or at least tapping me and was just like, hey, get out of bed, go to the living room, go to the couch. And like, as a younger sibling, you kind of like, you know, you make your face, you grouch, like you feel some type of way, but there was nothing else you could do. Like, and I'm really on the couch. the couch. Or you make it like a, a pallet of sheets on the ground. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, like Sabrina mentioned earlier, like that was just normal. Like, didn't know, I, like it literally like, didn't know I was broken until I went to somebody else's house. <laughs> It was like, oh, dang, we really ain't got it like that. (laughs) I always wanted a big family. Like, my parents have lots of siblings. My mom is one of 12. My dad is one of six. So my parents came from a big family, but it's just me and my brother. So it's just two of us. I always just wanted to have a big family. But I will say, when you mentioned you're 13, that reminded me that, you know, 13 is always supposed to be like a spooky number or whatever. And this is our 13th episode on Halloween. Well, as I was like making up, like, yes, this is our 13th episode. I was like preparing for this episode. I'm like, oh, this is number 13 and it's Halloween. And it dropped on Halloween. Look at, well, I was about to say, look at God. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Look at God, though. We made it to 13 episodes, okay? I know Sabrina only because because I saw her post it. She did like pumpkin carvings this year and stuff like that. Did y'all go to like fall Halloween activities like pumpkin carvings and haunted houses or haunted corn mazes or all that? Did y'all, were y'all into any of those kind of things? I did the fall things. Like it's not fall to me unless you go to the pumpkin patch. And yes, mm-hmm. I went this year and I got to carve with my friend Ashley and my husband. So that was great. That was a part of it. Hay rides. 
that was definitely mm-hmm. a part of it. Making the pumpkin seeds, like taking them out, roasting them, having them for a snack. I have never loved haunted houses or anything because I believe in God and I believe in the enemy. And I'm like, that stuff is real. So why are we playing games? Like if I really mm-hmm. see it, am I going to be like, oh, ha ha. No. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I had too many experiences with that. Like in my real life, I come from a family where my grandmother on my maternal side dabbled in witchcraft for a short time in her life. And there was just a lot of darkness. You know, obviously she came to know the Lord, thank God. My mom would grow up talking about seeing demons and fighting demons and my grandma talking to the TV and it talking back. So I'm like, uh, I'm so glad my mom got saved and she like broke that. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, people in my family have been playing games with that too long. And I just, I want no parts of it. So I'm not going into a haunted house. For example, when we were little, once again, we didn't have the air condition like that. So in the summer, we'd sleep with the door open, right? And all of us would just make a pallet. You just put blankets on the floor and we sleeping on them. And one day, the next day, my brother told me that him and my mom saw like a ghost in the front door because we just leave the front door open. It was the hood. But if you live in the hood, you really don't have anything to worry about. Everybody knows you. So anyway, and I was like, what do you mean y'all saw something? So my brother, my mom said she woke up and in the doorway, she saw a shadow figure and it looked like it had an Abraham Lincoln hat but it was clearly not of this world and she just Mm -hmm. said she took her foot and she kicked the front door closed and went back to sleep and I'm like okay mom and then my brother said yeah later on he woke up and he saw in that like living room the frame of the living room door the same thing a tall shadow figure and it was motioning for him to come and he Mm -hmm. woke my mom up and he was like mom do you see that and she legit said yeah go back to sleep (laughs) So that's just my mom's like, she has no fear because she's like, Mm -hmm. we believe in God. Like what if if the most a demonic figure can do to me is motion for me to come? What do I have to be afraid of? But I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not you, mom. I don't have that spirit. And I never want the gift of sight. I never want to see anything. So that was just a tiny backstory. And I have so many stories like that where I'm just like, I'm not messing with that, but I will go to the pumpkin patch and I'll watch something innocent like Casper, but anything Mm -hmm. like the exorcist of Freddie, no, Stephen King, no, no. (laughs) And it's a no for me. I don't care what time of year it is. It's a no for me. (laughs) Evie, what about you? Were you on that? Pumpkin patches are scary. Haunted houses. More so on the haunted house side. And like, so I would say Mm -hmm. as a child, the haunted houses, like I mentioned earlier, at a a local boys and girls club, it wasn't really us like going to like certain spaces because again, mom and pops wasn't really playing that. So it was like, Mm -hmm. you got in where you fit in. Then as I got older, like high school years or young adult years, I did like the Howl of Scream at Bush Gardens or the Mm -hmm. Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Pumpkin Patches did it once my whole life it was like one of those at least for me like a cool one-time experience i don't mm-hmm. care for pumpkin like that you ain't gonna see me drinking no pumpkin spice i don't eat no pumpkin pie i ain't drinking no pumpkin lattes from whatever Dunkin' donuts starbucks any of those places so you, i see pumpkin i'm like oh this looks good a lot of pumpkins and that's the end of it and then i like i've done pumpkin carving several times just growing up or even at before my current role or current job used to be a youth leader so we used to do it a lot during the fall but just never really was really good at it and just had people picking on the way that i cut up a pumpkin mm-hmm. so I still feel traumatized by little kids telling <gasps> me that i'm trash so feel some type of way about that. Shout out to those lovely little kids in Port Charlotte who are now grown adults. Some of them dropping babies and stuff. Life moved fast. But that's probably the extent of it for me. I think it's a cool thing. I know I see a lot of people who engage in it and who love it and who enjoy it and they dive into that hobby, but just never really been 
a newfound interest for me. I remember at school, they used to take us to the pumpkin patch and we could pick out a pumpkin and take the pumpkin home. But my parents, we didn't carve them out near one of them pumpkins. They're like, we ain't doing all this. Yeah, you put the pumpkin outside the door. That was as much as we did. I don't remember ever carving a pumpkin. Maybe once, sometime, vaguely, possibly, we would. Yeah, fix that for you, Sharika. We need to be like a pumpkin. I would try it. I would try it. I remember going to some fall festivals. No scary haunted houses. Wasn't about that life. My heart couldn't take it. I've done some like corn mazes, I think, when I was like a young adult or whatever. They used to have this thing. I didn't really go to it because I was scared of that too. Friday night. I, I don't know if it was Friday night, but it was like a Christian. I don't remember what it was Heaven called. Heaven's Gates like, Hell's Flames. We had it. Yeah, Christian. Yes. Nope, I wasn't going to that either. They Ooh, saw my people car crash. It was like they were trying to scare you into salvation. It was uh, left behind I, in real life and real time. Thank you for reminding me of that. It was mm-mm. like he said, you go and it would be like a normal like, hey, Bob, how you doing at work? And then car crash, bomb explode. People are left behind and people are in hell and you're going to be one of them except Christ mm-hmm. today. Yep. I just heard about like that my friends and my brother at one time were going to a Christian college. Like they had that kind of thing around that area. So they would tell me about it. I was like, nope, don't want to go to that. I don't care. I already know Jesus and I don't need to be scared into salvation. I already want to be saved. So guess what? It's not needed for me. So I didn't go to that. And I did go to like where I lived near, um, it was called a wild world and it was adventure world or Adventureland. Then it became um, Six Flags and they had like a hollow, whatever, Halloween, hollow screen, whatever type thing. And I did go to that maybe a couple of times, which that was fun. It wasn't, you know, nothing scary really going on. They just decorated the park. But that was it for me. It was fun going down memory lane with you guys. And as we wrap up our little Halloween thing, I do want to do something really quick because you can't leave Halloween without talking about the candy. Y'all have your top five. Okay. Say when you say like top five, are you saying like specific Halloween candies or yes, candies? Like where... when you would go trick or treating, you're like, I love these candies. Like these are my top candies at Halloween. Some of them can be your favorite candies in general, but Halloween candy just hits a little different. I want to necessarily say I have a top five when it comes to Halloween candies. Like I felt like if you didn't have anything sweet in your thing, like um like Sour Patch type or Skittles. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you're not a chocolate person. Yeah, I'm not a chocolate person, but I, mm-hmm. I dive into like Twix or um, like Reese's Pieces or something like that. But for the most part, if mm-hmm. it wasn't like a Sour Patch or some gummies or something like that, like all the other stuff, uh, Starburst, I take those, but like the M&Ms, the mm-hmm. Snickers, the candy corns, the hot tamales, mm-hmm. all that discussion stuff, like you can keep <laughs> all that to yourself. And it's, it's weird because like you'll go to a place and, and I'm saying a place as in like a house, for example, say if we go on house to house trick or treating and then you look at the bowl and you're like, I just walked up here for no reason. Or, oh, rude. Or somebody else took anyway, everything. Else. I didn't care. I would take the nasty candies and just put it in my bag and be polite and keep it moving. No, y'all like <laughs> eating candy corn and hot I tamales. Love, y'all don't like candy corn. I love candy corn. Is candy corn. Trash, it's part of the season, so I do partake, but I don't like it. I like it. My mom hates candy corn. It's like, yes, it's part of the season. I love a candy corn. It's not in my top five, but I do love a candy corn. So, Brandy, do you have your top five? Hmm. Of course, I do. I hope you all have <laughs> wrestling of the papers. Yeah. I'm going to go from the bottom. First, I'll do my honorable mention is a Kit Kat bar because I mm-hmm. love it. It's tasty, but I'm not like fighting for it. You know what I'm saying? But I got to mm-hmm. mention that. Peanut M&M's are in there. Love M&M's, love nuts. So that's in there. Starburst. Yeah. Love Starburst. But the pink or the red? 
Don't come at me with the Pink, yellow. Number one. Don't yes. come at me with the orange. That's rude. Yes. And I'll just trade. <laughs> Did y'all trade, by the way, Halloween candies? At school, we were definitely trading. Yes, and that's why you get the nasty one, because you kind of add your, your <laughs> trays with some of the nasty ones. But it looks like you're giving a lot, but it's really the ones you don't want. So that's the advantage of taking some of the nasty ones. There you go. You might throw one nasty. good one in there, but you also add it with the nasty ones. There you go. Number three, Reese's Pieces. I love the way it just melts in my mouth. Back in the day, now that I'm old, I can't eat any of these. It's like way too sweet. I can take like one bite and I'm done. At number two, Babe Ruth. Do, do y'all remember Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth? Yes. Ew, my dad likes a Babe Ruth. Oh, though. That's so the only person I knew that liked Babe Ruth. For my dad. Yeah. I love whatchamacallits too, but I never got them on Halloween. And number yeah. one is the Snickers. I yes. always, if I got the Snickers, that was gold. That was everything. But like I said, my dad would always check our candy, quote unquote. And then we'd just be like without as much of the chocolate. So, mm -hmm. so those are mine. Sharika, what are yours? So I got two honorable mentions. Mine would be Starburst and Reese's. And I like Reese's, but mainly at, like it's not one I would normally pick. But at Halloween, I like a Reese's and even the little pumpkin one. But I like the regular one, too. So Starburst and Reese's are my two honorable mentions. And the other one are in no particular order. I like the little mini snack size Butterfinger is just good to me at Halloween. Like the little one as, as much as I need. Evie mentioned Sour Patch Kids. I like the little baggie of the Sour Patch Kids at Halloween. The little one. I don't need the big bag. No, a little one is good. Have you ever had the caramel apple lollipop? Green apple lollipop with caramel on the top. I only be seeing that at Halloween. I love that little lollipop. You oh, see? you're right. Yes. I, I only see it at Halloween, you're oh, right. It's yes, good. it is good. So I love that little Greek caramel apple lollipop, and then also Twix, and of course, number one is the Snickers, and that I will take in a full size as well as snack size and the mini size. All the sizes of the Snickers, I love the Snickers. That's like my favorite candy. So yeah, and I'm sad because normally at work we do a little Halloween thing. We have a little nursery school or whatever come by, and we do a little trick or treating in our building. And we're not doing that this year because of the you know the COVID. We're not doing that. So that means that nobody's buying candy to have extra candy laying around the office this year. So I'm a little sad about that and I as an adult think I was more excited about Halloween like when I first got my own place and I raced home from work got my candy stood outside my house to give the kids candy girl ain't nobody was showing up I was so devastated so then my mom was like well I mean I was inside because was, I was living in Florida it's hot so my mom was like well maybe you should like open your garage or sit outside and I'm like I guess I did that and I got a little bit more people and I did that with my every place I've lived I try to be out there with the candy and people don't be coming by like that even at my new house they don't be so i ain't wasting my time nor my money this year <laughs> what are you over here whispering about me <laughs> you black <laughs> they ain't come to your house they just know you got trash candy they like no they like no I saying we the good you know you have the good candy but in their minds like even like we didn't talk about it, well no. i ain't thinking to it but i know sabrina had mentioned of like going to a, a specific neighborhood mm -hmm. but it used to be the same thing like even getting like towards middle school or high school you would have like a group of us who stayed in inwood which is basically like a broke town we would go to cypress gardens for those of you who are somewhat familiar with florida or just know the area but it's the home of legoland now that's what Cypress Garden mm. State Park. So all of these, in a sense, very rich and wealthy people. That's what like all the doctors and lawyers and mm. our superintendent, mm -hmm. like that's what they reside in. Like 
we know they got the good stuff. Like they didn't just, they ain't run to the Dollar Tree and try to rack up on candy. Like they went to Walmart, they went to Costco, they went to Sam's. They they had all the bulk and wholesale of all the good mm-hmm. stuff sitting mm-hmm. on deck. So that might be a reason. You know, some people, some that's, parents, they teach their kids at an early age. So like, you don't like those type of people. So oh. like, you're not gonna go there. Thank you guys for enduring our Halloween memories and good times. I had fun. Sabrina, what happened back in the day, friend? Setting off on Halloween night in costume and ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the U.S. and other countries for more than a century. Its origins remain murky, but traces can be identified in ancient Celtic festivals, early Roman Catholic holidays, medieval practices, and even British politics. We can't escape politics, guys. I'm sorry. Although it is unknown precisely where and when the phrase trick-or-treat was coined, the custom has been firmly established in American popular culture by 1951 when trick-or-treating was depicted in the Peanuts comic strip. In 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick-or-Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, shout out to them. They definitely entertained me as a young one. The Celts who lived about 2,000 years ago in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France believe that around this time, the dead returned to the earth. So on this sacred night, people gathered to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Villagers disguised themselves in costumes made of animal skins to drive away the phantoms. Banquet tables were prepared and food was left out to pacify the unwelcome spirits, kind of like we leave Santa cookies. In the later centuries, people began dressing as ghosts, demons, and other malevolent creatures performing antics in exchange for food and drink. This custom known as mumming dates back to the Middle Ages and is thought to be the foundation of trick-or-treating. So by the 9th century, Christianity had spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended and replaced older pagan rite. In 1000 AD, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day, a time for honoring the dead. Celebrations in England resembled the old Celtic commemorations, though with bonfires and like masquerades and stuff. Poor people would visit the houses of wealthier families, CEBs, Things don't change. History repeats itself. And then they would receive pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pay for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. Known as souling, the practice was later taken up by children who would go from door to door asking for gifts such as food, money, and ale. In Scotland and Ireland, young people took part in a tradition called guising, dressing up in costume and accepting offerings from various households. Rather than pledging to pray, for the dead, they would sing a song, recite a poem, tell a joke, or perform another sort of trick before collecting their treat, which typically consisted of fruit, nut, or coins. Modern day trick-or-treating also has elements akin to annual celebration of Guy Fawkes Night. On this night, they are um, commemorating the foiling of the gunpowder plot in 1605. Children would wear masks and carry effigies while begging for pennies. On November 5th, Fox was executed for his role in the Catholic-led conspiracy 
to blow up England's parliament building and remove King James I, a Protestant, from power. By the early 19th century, children bearing effigies of Fox were roaming the streets on the evening of November 5th, asking for a penny for the guy. Some American colonists celebrated Guy Fox Day, and in the mid-19th century, large numbers of new immigrants, especially those fleeing the Irish potato famine in the 1840s, helped popularize Halloween. Borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks. Not those kind of tricks, y'all. Tricks with yarn, apple bearings, <laughs> or mirrors. In late 1800, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. In the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish community revived the old world traditions of sewing and guising in the United States. By the 1920s, however, pranks had become the Halloween activity of choice for rowdy young people. The Great Depression made this problem worse with Halloween mischief often devolving into vandalism, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. One theory suggests that excessive pranks on Halloween led to the widespread adoption of an organized community-based trick-or-treating tradition in the 1930s. This trend, though, was abruptly curtailed, however, with the outbreak of World War II when sugar rationing meant there were a few treats to hand out. At the height of the post-war baby boom, trick-or-treating reclaimed this place among Halloween customs. It quickly became standard practice, no longer constrained by sugar rationing. Candy companies capitalized launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at Halloween. Today, Americans spend an estimated $2.6 billion on candy on Halloween, according to the National Retail Federation, and the yeah. day itself has become the nation's second largest commercial holiday. That was a surprise to me. So that is the history of trick-or-treating in the U.S. from the European perspective. I think mm. next year I'll talk more about the South American impact and et cetera. That wow. I heard of Guy Fox, but I never knew, like, I just heard the name. I didn't know who and what and all that. I always, in theory, was like, oh, I would love to be part of the pranks, the toilet papering. Not that I want anybody to toilet paper my house, but I didn't really see any or egging my house. I really went about that life because I was scared, not only of the ghosts and ghouls and stuff, but I was also scared of my parents and they wasn't playing that. And nor did I even have any time or any items to be out there doing any type of pranks or nothing like that. So EB, what are you expounding on today? What I am expounding on today is something that for some reason, I would say even as a citizen, I never really understood, nor I took the time to research on. I think this is one of the first times that I dove into this process and I sat back and I watched and I tried to glean information where I could. Now, for some of our listeners, this might be of no interest to you. Others of you, this is something that you're really going to enjoy. This past week, I want to say it was maybe Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, but we have just, we, I'm saying we as a nation, whether you agree with it or not, but we have nominated a new Supreme Court of the United States Justice. And I was just like, how does this process work where somebody gets a job basically for life, unless something drastic happened or unless they pass away? Well, 
I did a little bit of research and shout out to the lovely.gov sites who give you some information. I'm just going to run down this process and then I'm going to tell you why I'm expounding on it. The president nominates someone for a vacancy on the court and the Senate votes to confirm the nominee, which requires a simple majority. In this way, both the executive and legislative branches of the federal government have a voice in the composition of the Supreme Court. President usually will consult with the senators before announcing a nomination. When the president nominates a candidate, the nominations is sent to the Senate Judiciary Committee for consideration. The Senate Judiciary Committee holds a hearing on the nominee. The committee usually takes a month to collect and receive all necessary records from the FBI and other sources about the nominee and for the nominee to be prepared for the hearings. During these hearings, witnesses both supporting and opposing the nomination present their views. Senators question the nominee on his or her qualifications, judgment, and philosophy. Committee then votes on the nomination and sends a recommendation that it to be confirmed, that it to be rejected, or with no recommendation to the full Senate, which is everybody else. The full Senate debates the nomination. Then they basically look at some rules, check it out. Is it worth it to dig a little deeper? Then the debate ends, then they vote. And then depending on what happens with that vote, a person is confirmed. And if it's a tie, they say, of course, the vice president who presides over the Senate cast a deciding vote. Reason for all that is basically we have a new person who has been elected by the lovely U.S. senators. I want to say her name is Amy Barrett or Amy Coney Barrett. I kept on hearing the name. I've seen it. I, I was watching the grilling or I don't know. I feel like it's an interrogation process, but I was just like, why would someone or a country want a person to lock in for a specific seat of importance for life. So doing a little bit of research and it says that the primary goal of life tenure is to insulate the office holder from external pressures. Certain heads of state such as monarchs and presidents for life are also given life tenure. United States federal judges have life tenure once appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. Now, after I read it, I was like, this still don't give me a full answer of why. Then other stuff basically went into diving into saying that what would happen is, depending on the president, they're going to just start playing this big game of cat and mouse or favoritism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. favoritism and negligence of once I get in, these people going to get out and then I'm going to pit whoever I want in. And then what will possibly happen is, depending on who controls the Senate at that time, will find a way to elongate the process of just like, we're just going to kill time, kill time, kill time. Similar mm -hmm. or opposite to what we just have saw, where somebody just passed away and somebody was like, well, you know what I need to do? I need to put somebody in office before this November 3rd because mm -hmm. it's a good chance that I may or may not win. And if I don't win, it's not going to be the person who I think needs to be there or it won't be somebody who will be in there in my favor. But I feel that each one of our politicians to have set term limits in certain offices. And I say that loosely. And I say that in a way of like, I don't, I'm not going to say a certain time, but I feel like you should be a House of Representatives for a certain amount of time. You should be in the Senate for a certain amount of time. You should be similar to the presidency. You should be there for a certain amount of time. And I think we should do the same with our Supreme Court, just, just because things change. Like yeah. we have people who have been there for 20 to 30 years. And it's just like, bro, the way that you went into law school and the way that you learned, I might be wrong, but we see through the laws that they accept or reject, their position has not necessarily changed much. It's like they are not adapting with the times. And they say it in the context of this is their values and beliefs and this is their faith that is guiding them. But we see through their decision-making history that that's not the case. And it's just like, let's stop 
putting, and I'm not saying stop putting faith in the front of things. So listeners don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying a lot of people, I guess you could say, disguise their decisions under mm-hmm. faith when I don't see those decisions matching the Bible that I read. And I'm like, Facts. this just doesn't make sense to me. And the other part of that, it was interesting because I just saw it on Twitter and shout out to Twitter. And it was like watching a lot of the ads, and this is hopefully you don't sit here and think, we're trying to make this conversation political, but basically the, the people who diss the former vice president for being a career politician. And it's one of those things, it seems like being a career politician is the only job where we don't want someone to have some form of knowledge and or experience. Yeah, like for some, So it's just like, wouldn't you want somebody to be a career <laughs> politician? Because that's exactly what we're doing with our Supreme Court justices. Yeah. That's what we would want with our doctors. Like, I don't want somebody to say, well, I'm trying to figure it out. And I think I might be wanting to go into law school. But yeah, <laughs> you can cut me open and do surgery on me. And it's like, no, absolutely not. Like, I, I would hope you have a longstanding career. I would like, I wish we, I know we don't, but I wish we could have the records of our doctors. I don't need to know mm. the names of people who they dealt with, but I would love to know that you have, I don't know, 50 surgeries under your belt and all 50 mm-hmm. have been successful. Just because uh, recently we had a friend of ours, shout out to Maggie, cause I know she listened to the podcast. One of her cousin was going through, I want to say it was birth issues. I don't want to mispronounce it, but pre Um, mm-hmm. And then I just saw my wife had posted on Facebook, yeah, medical student who just passed away of that. And I'm just like, this is crazy. And seeing how, which I might expound on this a little more in the weeks to come, but seeing how these things seem to affect minorities mm-hmm. more than others. And it's just like, what is going on in our healthcare system? But again, that's a conversation for another day. Just do a little bit of research about what you engage in, what you dive into, what you learn, what you know, and just educate, help educate others in the things that you do learn. Because some people, they learn stuff. And I sometimes feel some type of way with my friends where we're having conversations. Oh, you didn't know that? I knew that. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, <laughs> we should be in this together. And I know mm-hmm. for my friends who be listening, I be doing that sometimes too. Because I just assume that we all somewhat on the same page, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. Like, we're on the same quest of constantly learning. But at times we are, we are at different stages. So just trying to figure that out and knowing how to move. But if you know something, you can just tweet it. You can say, oh, I posted it on Facebook or I posted it on Twitter or I posted it on my IG. And if they don't get it from that, then hey, that's on them. Because you can't have these same conversations with a million different people. And I understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, two things. One, I think the problem is that people now are considering politicians synonymous with liars. So that's what people just think. Like, they just think, oh, if you're a politician, that means you are a professional liar. That's why people are like, oh, you know, we don't want a politician, which fair, a lot of them happen. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm like, I don't want just a random Joe Schmo up in, you know, making policies and things like that. I would hopefully like somebody who studied this and prepared to do this. And the other thing I will say is I agree with not having life terms, but I can also see how like when you do have a time frame, people start to try to bully you like, oh, well, if you do this for me, then I'll get you in for another term or and they try to that's how they try to use people. So when they're like, well, if we put people in life, then they can't be swayed by what other people want them to do. But also then again, they can. They're also in there reckless to be able to do whatever they want to do and nobody really to hold them accountable. So I do see both sides on that. All right, friends, this is comes to the time where we get to recommend something. And I'm just going to go first because kind of off a little bit about what EB said. One of the things I want to recommend that you do is vote. Okay, vote. We's running out of time now. Okay, it is now October 31st, the last day to vote is November the 3rd. 
You is running out of time. So if you haven't voted in this early voting season, which I have loved, it has been great. I got out there and I voted already last week. But if you haven't, I'm recommending that you vote. So that's my number one recommendation. And my second recommendation is if you haven't seen this movie, I just saw it this week, past weekend. It is called I Still Believe. I saw it on Hulu. So if you got Hulu, you can watch it there. It was a beautiful movie about the singer. He's a Christian singer. His name is Jeremy Camp. And I won't go all the way into it because I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's about his life, his journey, meeting his wife and the struggles and things that they went through. And it kind of reminded me of what we talked about last week with cancer. So do know that going into it, it does heavily deal with cancer, but it was just to see their faith, especially her faith during the most difficult times of their life. And it was a sad, beautiful story, but also just helped me to also examine my faith and just want to help me to like, you know what, Lord, I love you. And I want to do whatever I can do to spread your name and your fame, no matter what I'm going through. So I recommend that you check out I Still Believe. It is a great movie. Serena, do you have a recommendation? My recommendation comes from something Sharika introduced me to at the beginning of the pandemic. And you may have heard us talking about walking. Well, we weren't just walking and talking. Well, sometimes we were, but there's a lovely lady. Thank you, Evie, for that adjective. You know, I'm going to just slide it right in yes. there. <laughs> Name Leslie. I'm doing it for alliteration. Lovely Leslie. She has a free walking program on YouTube, guys. Now, don't think it's going to be easy peasy, whatever house is going to help me. Your heart rate will go up and I wear a Fitbit when I walk with her and it tells me that I'm in my zone, like my optimal zone of like burning calories and burning fat. Just look it up on YouTube. Leslie Sansone, I believe is her last Mm -hmm. name. And for me, like if I'm going to be sitting and binge watching, which is one of my guilty pleasures, then at least one of the episodes, I'm going to stand up I'm going to put my laptop and right beside the TV and I'm just going to meet my laptop and go through the walking. You're walking in place, guys. Sometimes you walk. Sometimes you do mm-hmm. little baby kicks. Sometimes you do kick back. Sometimes she breaks out the baby weights. But you guys, mm-hmm. it works and it gives you energy and it's so great. Please, please do it and then get back with us. Email us or I don't know. I haven't been checking the email. I'm not going to lie. Do y'all forget us? I, I gotta, we got to do better. Listen, we got to step up our social media. We've, I've been convicted. I don't know why it's been heavy on my heart. I'm like, I keep telling the people to communicate, but also we don't be on there like that. We love you guys and we're going to do better. We promise so I, to I do think we'll check it today at lunchtime. So if you are the person that's been emailing us and we don't know that yet. Evie say y'all ain't been doing it. Oh, okay. So Evie has been on it. So tell us if you do it, because I really believe this can change the world. If everyone would just walk with Leslie, <laughs> you'd be in a great mood. Yes. It's so pleasant. And sometimes you know, she'll slide a little scripture in from time she to sure time. Did. And she'll have like, you know, the subtle Christian music in the background. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate the term Christian music. She has music with a Christian message in the background. Music, yeah. So that's what I'm recommending today. 
And I have a quick something that I don't recommend, and that is opening messages from people you haven't talked to from high school in like years, because they're always trying to get you in a multi-marketing scheme. And as we were doing this recording, someone just hit me up and it was like, hey, Sabrina, how are you? And my stomach dropped because I'm like, oh no, if I respond, is it going to be like, do you want to sell some Scentsy? Because no, girl, I don't. Pray for me to make the right decision. I don't know if I'm going to respond or not. I'll get back to y'all next week on that. EB, what you got? So for me, shout out to Sharika for stealing minds. Um, just so y'all know, like we do, uh, that's why I had sent that. Uh, that's why I sent that text. It's cool though. It's cool. Like, as far as the go, the go vote one, the go vote one. We we try our best to. Well, we do. We actually do plan ahead with our mm-hmm. podcast, but we also don't want to give too much because we want it to be a surprise of what our friends are thinking through, and we don't want to like just switch everything up so one of the recommendations i do have is for you guys to go vote it's literally if you haven't done early voting try to knock that out the way like definitely vote early i'm dodging the the streets okay i don't know what the streets gonna be looking like that day Mm -hmm. but as far as my recommend one of the most profound I don't want to call him a journalist because I don't think he refers to himself as that. Well, I would say one of the, the, the most solid people I've seen on television through the years growing up and even now, I'm happy he continues. David Letterman. Yes. My he, next guest. Yes. Like he has he has a whole bunch of my next guests. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, for the most part, you will find somebody who you're interested in. But the one that I really want you guys to go watch is the one with him and Dave Chappelle. So Only because Dave Chappelle is, I believe, a genius in the way that he articulates things and the way he's creative and the way that he is very intentional about community, whether it be in his hometown, Ohio, or his family specifically of how he's just making sure he takes care of them. But he digs deeper, similar to what he would do on one of his comedy sketches. Mm-hmm. And I think you will be, I, I think you will be moved by his story mm-hmm. and his connection with David Letterman. And if not, not him, it got people like the Robert Downey Jr.'s, the Barack's, yeah. the Jay-Z's. The I Kim watched Kardashian's. all this season. Like, it was so good. This is like, I don't, like you literally start watching it. You just like, oh, I want to see the next interview. Just because mm-hmm. these are avenues of these celebrities that they usually don't show via mm-hmm. social media or that you won't see in their movies or in their shows or in their talk show, like whatever they end up doing. So I just encourage you to go check out my next guest on Netflix. Check out the one with him and Dave Chappelle or any other um, mm-hmm. celebrity. Um, I haven't watched the one with Lizzo yet, but I heard that one on point as well. I watched them all on Saturday. It's- I got caught up. Just check Last it out. Week, I, think yep. I think you guys will enjoy it. Yes. I, so, see, look, we are on the same wavelength right now because I wasn't going to say that, but, A.B., I watched all those last week. I think I started with Robert Downey Jr. Jr. and then Dave Chappelle. And then I was into Lizzo and Kim Kardashian. And so whether you, like you said, you will, whether you like, oh, I don't really know this person. Or I don't really care for that person. The stories are so great. And even Kim Kardashian, as fake as people who don't like her had me in literal tears because oh it was so good it's good I watched that one recently too just because it was on my Netflix like trending number four and mm. I had never heard of the show so I was like what is this and then I got sucked but I only watched that one and then the beginning of the Robert Downey Jr. Junior mm-hmm. one but I was like this is something I need to run back and I didn't yeah. even know Dave Chappelle had one so thank you Evie. yeah well I was back on it one Jay-Z because I I love love me Jay-Z some Jay-Z has one? oh he, yeah. he was like on the first season yeah so I watched it then I fell off but then I came back this I just happened to be looking for something on Netflix saw it that last Saturday and I was there for all episodes. It was so good. Thank you for sticking around for another episode of The Kickback. We had a lovely time with you guys. Hope you guys have fun. Don't forget to share it with your friends and do hit us up 
we will be responding. This is the thing, y'all. We get the notifications, but we haven't been getting the notifications because y'all end up on the social media. So maybe if y'all was interacting with us on the social media, we will be able to hit y'all back. So let us know what y'all think about the episodes. Let us know what y'all, you know, whether you agree, disagree, what your Halloween candies are. Yes, drop, drop us your top five Halloween candies. We want to hear from you guys. You're down with the squad. Like Shriga said, make sure you share with your peoples and you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Hit five us star up on ratings, social- Five star ratings. Yeah, five star ratings only. Hit us up on social media and or the email, but I have the email subscribed, like it's synced to my phone. So I know what we have and y'all ain't been emailing us, but mm-hmm. it might be topics. It might be comments. It might be questions. It might be like y'all tripping on your Halloween candy or y'all didn't dig deeper enough on this part or trick or treating ain't that bad or trick or treating is horrible. Why did y'all do that? Like pumpkin patches are lame. Why do you go to that? Like we want to hear all of those things. But as always, especially with it being Halloween and it being literally like we're going into the 11th month of the year, friends. Like the next time y'all hear from us, we will have had an election and we'll be in week one of November. So if life tries to knock you down, just make sure you kick back. We love you guys.